This is Recruiting Daily's Recruiting Live podcast, where we look at the strategies behind the world's best talent acquisition teams. We talk recruiting, sourcing, and talent acquisition. Each week, we take one overcomplicated topic and break it down so that your three-year-old can understand it. Make sense? Are you ready to take your game to the next level? You're at the right spot. You're now entering the mind of a hustler. Here's your host, William Tincup. Ladies and gentlemen, this is William Tincup. You're listening to the Recruiting Daily Podcast. Today we have Kevin on from Charlie, and we're going to be talking about the topic of why the great resignation should really be called the great disengagement. And I love this. Absolutely love this topic. I can't wait to get into it with Kevin. Um, Kevin, why don't you do us a favor and introduce yourself and Charlie uh, to the audience? Yeah, definitely. Hi, William. Uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, so my background is 30 years in the high-tech sector. I've been a software engineer, and I still get into the, the deep, dark levels of code even today. Um, but I am the, the founder and CEO of a company called Charlie AI. Uh, and Charlie is really a, a lot of passion for us because we created Charlie simply to eliminate a lot of work about work uh, that we find in our daily lives and to take off a lot of that administrivia that really does bog people down so they can get a better work-life balance. Hopefully appropriate for the topic. So when we, I, first of all, I love the, the disengagement because I think that, you know, from that the 13th of March of last year, We've had the opportunity of engaging folks in kind of a different, slightly different way or massively different way. And that's candidates, employees, alumni, et cetera. And in some cases, we've done well. And in some cases, we haven't done well. So take us into kind of the wonderful world of, you know, disengagement from your perspective. I think the way you phrased it about disengagement is is definitely good. Uh, It's... I think the resignation is just a symptom of a, a deeper rooted problem, and that's the, the disengagement factor that's happening. The pandemic has created a situation where people are getting into remote and hybrid work. There's a lot more blending of personal lives and business lives. A lot more people are likely getting disengaged with those personal relationships because the way they have to work is a lot different now than what it was before. No longer are people going into the office and having water cooler chats or even going to coffee and having real coffee and sit downs. It's now having to be done remotely. So that's creating a bigger level of disengagement across corporate America. So how do we, how do we know someone's engaged, faking engaged? <laughs> completely disengaged uh spending eight hours a day looking for a job on indeed like <laughs> hey I'm, I'm i'm really kidding aside i'm looking for you know that level of insight how do we know and then how do we it once we know how do we change course uh it, it's interesting you're bringing it up because this is hitting close to home even at charlie we've had to figure out the the remote work, hybrid work aspects. And at the beginning of this pandemic last year, we were doing really well. But the longer it dragged on, the harder it became. So the whole thing about 
you know, are they engaged? Uh, even for me personally, reading body language on a Zoom call is difficult. Right. Uh, it's extremely difficult. And body language is one of the keys that we always got with people when we're doing personal interactions. But you can't gauge that. And a lot of people may turn their camera off for certain reasons. You know, they, they might be having lunch as they're doing their Zoom call, so they're turning it off. But you can't read them at that point. You don't know if they're remaining engaged or not. And that's become hard. Uh, we have made a pretty conservative, concerted effort within our company to do what we refer to as more of that soft touch. Uh, no longer do we want people going on Zoom calls just to talk work. It's let's talk about what's going on in our personal lives. Let's do a little bit more personal engagement. And that's been a bit of a training exercise. I'd love to say we're good at it, but we're learning like everyone else of how to adapt to figuring out if people are really fully committed to the company or they're looking for new jobs and how to do that over phone calls and Zoom calls is it's hard, but we're, we're making progress. We believe we're making progress. Well, taking out that administrative, you know, some of that, you know, again, no one really loves the minutia or very few people, I should say, love the minutia. So eliminating that gets them to probably some of the higher value, but even more intellectually challenging or fun parts of the job. So some of that, you know, I can see that helping. Um, but I want to ask the question of, Who's responsible for disengagement? And and what I mean by this is, is it is it co-owned? Is it the employee that's that's also has some shared responsibility here, or is it the employer? Like who actually owns disengagement? Yeah, uh, you made a good point, and it it actually goes to something I mentioned last week to our team. Uh, teamwork is a two-way street. And in our case, I, I, I know from behind the scenes, our management team, our leadership team is actually fully committed to figuring out the people and culture aspects and making sure that we are providing the right work environment. There's good work-life balance aspects. They're going full hog into making sure that's the case. But last week, it really became, it dawned on us that this is a two-way street. There has to be some personal accountability. We can only meet the team so far and employees so far. They have to actually come the rest of the way. And that's part of what we're educating them on is that you have to remain engaged. You have to ask the questions. You can't be blindsiding people. So if you are going to be looking for a job and all of a sudden up and quit, when we've been putting a lot of effort in, the blind signing just isn't uh, a good way to conduct oneself. Uh, we want to be forthcoming. So the other flip side of that is establishing trust. And that's the one thing we've been spending a lot of time on is how do we get to the point where the employees can trust us enough that there is this two-way engagement and that they can be open and they can ask questions and they can work with us rather than just being an employer-employee type of relationship. I'd say that that's been hard, but there, there does have to be some personal accountability on the employee side of it. But the same token, I do believe that the leadership team within a company 
And that for me includes myself and my direct reports are ultimately accountable. We just can't uh, hand it off to an HR uh, organization to go figure it out. We're trying to figure it out together. And we do have somebody that's identified as people and culture that's really helping us uh, navigate the waters. So the relationship between resignation and disengagement, you know, there's, there's probably a lot of ways to think about this, but one doesn't just wake up, <laughs> generally speaking, doesn't just wake up and resign. Like there were several things that kind of led to this and, you know, it could be some, some of it, you know, could they could, they could have been really engaged and loving their job, love the company, love the values, all that stuff. And someone just gave them a better offer, uh, you know, a better gig, higher pay, you know, all these, you know, some of this other stuff. So it, it, it isn't, you know, I don't think it's a hundred percent that someone is disengaged, employees disengaged, then they start to kind of falter and then they start looking elsewhere and then there's resonance. I think, you know, that happens for sure. But there's also the, you know, someone comes out of nowhere and says, hey, we've always wanted to work with you. We'll pay you, you know, $30,000 more a year. That, that's hard for most people to turn down, even if they were engaged. So, you know, what's your take? Because, I, I, you know, I, I think most of the great resignation is hype. Uh, anyhow, just to, to get us to talk about something else. But... Um, there is there is an element of disengagement, and so there's a treatment for that. Um, but what happens, like like if you're doing everything well, you know, and and you're still losing people, or you're still having attrition or retention problems? Yeah, and it's a very real one. So the the market is quite healthy, depending on the sector that you're in. Right. And for us, we're in the high tech sector, and it's a very healthy market. There's a lot of people, a lot of money out there for a lot of different companies, including startups. So it becomes a very competitive market. And even with ourselves, because we're in the AI space, our team is brilliant, but we know that they're brilliant. We know that they're creating a market for themselves and they'll be attractive uh, for others to come in and offer much more money and equity. And we have to remain competitive, which has been an ongoing battle for years. So it's not new for us. We've had to remain competitive. One, we want the team to be fully committed to us. So we know that there is a salary element to that as well. Everyone's got to put a roof over the head. They've got to survive. They've got to pay mortgages. Uh, you know, even here in Vancouver, the mortgages are expensive. So we know that the salary has to be commensurate. But then there's also making the stock options uh, valuable for them so that they can commit to the company and they can see the benefit as they see the company through. The, I've talked to a lot of different startups, tech companies, they are losing people because right. new offers are coming. Uh, if you're in the DevOps world, yep. uh, it, it's high demand and it's just, it's a bit of a money game. And some companies can afford to do that Others can't because they've got to look at their entire payroll. Um, but this has been an ongoing game, I think, for for a number of years, and I think it's going to continue. Uh, 
Yeah, it's scarcity and surplus, right? So yeah. whenever there's whenever there's scarcity, especially you know, you mentioned DevOps, but you know, data scientists, you know, software engineers, uh, there's there's a bunch of of things that we just don't make enough of them in the world to then deal with the uh, demand that we have, and so you know, they got options. Um, and so I think you know, I, I I get that, and so that part of the resignation, like like that's almost. I can look at that as an employer and say, yeah, you know what? Fair enough. We, you know, we had them for a couple of years. They were great. Got another, they've got a great opportunity. We're going to keep in touch with them. Maybe they boomerang, you know, back to us. Let's keep our, keep, keep a good relationship with them and make sure that they exit on good terms. It's the line of sight into who is disengaged. It's really fascinating for me, especially from a leadership perspective. So you sit in the C-suite, you know, and board members care about this too. How, how do, how do, how do they, you know, how do they interact and how do they have some type of knowledge and then care enough to then put, you know, people, process, money, whatever it takes to then take that disengagement and and flip it and make it into engagement because you can you can if someone's disengaged you can find out why right generally speaking again you can find out why and then you can generally speaking fix it yeah right let's and and again these are these are generalizations but it's it takes a leadership team and a board and a manager etc to care enough to find out what's going on a hundred percent and i do participate on several boards and then this is a board level topic today pretty much every company i've talked to the boards are talking about this it's a high risk for the company and they want to know that the management team's on top of it so from a governance perspective they want the management team to know this acutely and to actually have plans in place. Some companies are going to the point of doing anonymous studies within the company to find mm-hmm. out what employees are looking for. You know, if they're coming out of the pandemic and they want remote hybrid work, how often do they want to be in the office? What type of environment do they want to see when they're in the office versus the type of environment when they're at home? Uh, they're looking at different ways of you know, giving the employee some of the things that they're looking for. Right. Uh, flexibility. Um, reduce, uh, for us as well, one of the things that we're, we're talking about with people is we know you're home. We know you might have kids. So your work flexibility is important to them and it's important to us. And we're, we know for a certain group of our employees, they value that a lot more than a lot of other things because they actually like the fact that we're allowing the flexibility to be around their family, schooling, when they're at home, when they might be going to bed, those type of things we accommodate. Um, and we're very open about it. Um, I, love, I, th- I love that you've tackled the fix because essentially, you know, you've given some, you've given the audience some things to think about, about in terms of fixing uh, disengagement. And, you know, is it, is it people? throwing people at the problem? Is it throwing money at the problem? Is it throwing technology or process at the problem to figure out both what is going on in terms of disengagement from a person by person basis? 
Yep. Uh, and then what to do to fix it. Cause fixing something for Emily and her disengagement might be uh, something completely different than Tommy's disengagement. And so treating those and triaging those uh, could be completely different. You got to have line of sight. You got to have, you know, you've, you've got to have insight and then you've got to be able to do something about it. Yeah, hundred percent agree. Because even in the case that you talked about with Emily versus Tommy, we, we've got those situations ourselves. And right. the case of Tommy, Tommy is very career motivated. And we know that Tommy's very career motivated. So we're investing into his career path, uh, which is quite a bit different than maybe Emily uh, and George, because I'm using mm-hmm. uh, fake names here, but there are very real situations where they're very family focused and we have to be aware of that. But in the case of Tommy, very career focused. And what it gets down to for me is that that leadership team has to be hands-on. They, they just can't, they can't be seagull managers. They just can't fly above it all, come in, make a lot of noise and fly out. I think the board is requiring the management team to be very hands-on and to make sure they're intimate and acutely aware of the problem and the solutions in a lot of cases, at the individual level. What I love about that is focusing on transparency and accountability and communication, which is, you know, basic, great leadership. Uh, and it's, you know, it's it's good that we're here now. We don't have to talk about how we got here. Uh, t- two questions before we run out. One is, um, did you perceive or do you think people perceive disengagement as kind of a long tail, like something happened? And then just through time, a person just becomes more and more disengaged over kind of a longer tail, or do you perceive uh, disengagement as more of a, you know, moment by moment, day by day, week by week, you know, as I'm, I'm engaged, you know, in this project, take on a new project, I'm not as engaged or, you know, like, is it more mercurial uh, or, or, or do you feel like it's more longer tail? Uh, good question. I, I'm more leaning towards that it's more the long tail uh, aspects. And it goes back to one of the things that you mentioned before is that there's a lot of things that can lead up to the disengagement. Mm. It just isn't one thing. I think if somebody, That's a gets, great point. Yeah, if somebody gets hit by one thing, I think there's always a recovery. If they're constantly bombarded, then that becomes another situation that they really do become disengaged at that point. Yeah. Uh, so well, I, that's I fair. That's, that's, that's humanity, yeah. right? You mean, that's Definitely. just, yeah. if, if, if <laughs> fool me once. <laughs> but if, <laughs> if, you, if you find yourself in a situation as an employee where you're disappointed, which is, which again, disengagement and disappointment, there's a relationship, right? So if okay. you're disengaged, something happened. There was, again, a promise unfulfilled, whatever it was, there was that moment. And by and large, you give the company another shot or two. And some people yeah. give the company another 10 shots. <laughs> <laughs> They're more on the glutton punishment scale, yeah. but that's fine. But they give the company a chance to kind of right the wrong, and then the company disappoints them again. Yeah, yeah. And I've actually been the, <clears throat> I think, the glutton for punishment. Uh, <laughs> Me too. One Me of my too. Jobs no, no. Um, why, why do I keep running into this wall? I don't understand. Um, At some point, you do have to kind of give up, stop yeah. beating the dead horse and move on. Um, yeah. 
But I think another one from an employer perspective, you have to make a genuine, sincere effort to listen and oh, great point. react. And I don't think that happens enough. I think there's a lot of, and it probably is Seagull management. Um, yep. They're not genuine in their effort to address this. Right, which again, the boards are the boards are closing ranks on on that style of management, and and not just desiring more transparency and accountability, but basically tying compensation to it. So hopefully, yes. we see less of that. Um, we used to have this uh, thing in HR called stay interviews, which is uh, the opposite of exit interviews, right? So exit interviews, right. someone's already re- resigned, and you know you. I don't really believe the data that comes out of exit interviews. <laughs> so I'm, I'm a bit, I'm a bit opinionated about that, but I do, I, I have historically liked the idea of stay interviews in the sense of, you know, why are you here? Why, why do you, why, why do you continue to stay? Like, you know, what's, what are we doing? Right. You know, what's your, yeah. what, what's your take on stay interviews? Um, I would hundred percent agree with the, the stay interviews. I think, I mean, it goes along the lines of, I'm not a big fan of the annual. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, For me, there has to be engagement throughout the entire year. You have to, as a manager, you don't want to be blindsided with somebody's 100%. performance. So you need to know right up front, you know, why are you here? What's keeping you here? Uh, and we are actually having those conversations with our, our team. Uh, what do you like about being here? What don't you like? What would you like to see changed? Uh, but the other thing is that we're asking, are you committed? You know, it's right. that bit of that two-way street is we want to open them up to, we're committed. We're going to be genuine and sincere about this, but we also want you to be fully committed as well. Yeah. And, and again, you can, you can reverse that out. I think you said uh, teamwork is a two-way street, which is a beautiful way of thinking of it. And again, employees can ask the same questions of managers. Hey, what, what, am, what am I doing well? What do you like about me? What are, where am I thriving? Where am I, you know, faltering? Like, what, what can I do to be better? And I think if, if you've got that type of dialogue and both sides are listening, they got their ears up, and then they got some type of action behind it, I think you got a pretty good chance of, of, of engaging people which leads to and can lead to retention, you're, you still might lose through, through attrition uh, for other reasons that you couldn't control. But the, of the things that you can control, uh, I, I love the two-way street and thinking of stay interviews is not an annual thing, but just bespoke. When, when do you want to do one? When do you need to do one? Always be in the know, have your finger on the pulse. Love it. Kevin, I could talk to you forever about this. Um, it's just a great, such a great way of thinking of the resignation, great resignation and thinking of it really is, we should probably rethink this as more of what's what led and what's leading to resignation and uh, disengagement being one of those things. Um, thank you so much for coming on the Recruiting Daily Podcast. No, oh, thanks, William. That was a lot of fun. Uh, awesome. Really and, and thanks for everyone for listening to the Recruiting Daily Podcast. Until next time. You've been listening to the Recruiting Live podcast by Recruiting Daily. Check out the latest industry podcasts, webinars, articles, and news at recruitingdaily.com.